You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now. The latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott and Mo. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Silver and Black. Today, an Odyssey original podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders. The offseason rolls on, but our show continues. That's right. So if you want to know what's going on with the Raiders, make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your audio, wherever you subscribe to podcasts, you will find us. I guarantee it. You will not find a place that you don't find silver and black today. Also, if you're watching us on YouTube, thank you. Subscribe and also hit the notifications bell and take part in the chat happening over here. Uh, it's always a good time there, and we certainly appreciate all of our listeners and viewers on YouTube. It's quite the audience, and it's awesome. So thank you for that as well. And we're going to get into our mailbag here in a second. And, of course, always on the show, it's myself, Scott Cobranson. I'm your host, along with uh, Mo Moten, who, of course, now has his own theme song. Hey, it's Midtown Mo. And there he is, uh, Midtown Mo, Mo Moten, who is the national NFL writer over at Bleacher Report. Yes, he covers the whole league. So don't think you can stump him, and don't think he just looks at the world through silver and black glasses he knows everything or at least he he knows a lot of things uh and he's here to talk with us about raiders football mo a good show yesterday a lot of great feedback about that um the tough love i still get people uh on wednesday who were arguing with me oh well you don't know what's gonna happen in the offseason how can you say they won't make the super bowl i know i as i said monkeys flying out of butts and then the raiders being in the super bowl but anyway, it was a great show, great conversation, uh, and and people appreciated, I think, our dose of reality. And most fans, I think, have a realistic expectation of where the Raiders could go. One of the things, of course, Mo, we want to kick off the show before we get to the mailbag. We want to kick off the show and talk about the piece you wrote yesterday. We plugged it um, yesterday morning, talking about how you were going to talk about how the Raiders should go all in on C.J. Stroud Thank you. All right. Now, there's a bunch of us now. 
Um, and I want to go over that a little bit because you had some compelling things there. And I think we should start at the beginning of the piece where you talk about kind of the options. We, we discussed it yesterday, but I think it's worth you kind of running through what the options at quarterback for the Raiders could be and then set the stage for why you think and how you think the Raiders can go all in on C.J. Stroud. So if you've been listening to this show, you we've gone over ad nauseum the options that the Raiders have, the, the prominent options that they have, which is call the Packers, ask them what they want for Aaron Rodgers, go all in on the 2023 season, because if you bring in Aaron Rodgers, you're obviously expecting to win and go to the playoffs. Two, they can get a, an expensive bridge gap quarterback. They can get uh, try to get Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo has some experience familiarity with Josh McDaniel's system. Not a lot. I believe he started two games in 2016 like Jacoby Brissett did. Mm-hmm. But and nonetheless, Jimmy Garoppolo is a serviceable starter. My issue has always been he's going to be too... <laughs> he's too hurt for what he's going to cost. And I don't know if it was fleshed out as as much as I wanted to, but there the, the other option is, and I just mentioned Jacoby Brissett, a cheaper bridge gap option and a rookie. And basically, I I focused on trading up for C.J. Stroud. I didn't talk too much about Jacoby Brissett or Jared Stidham as kind of the the placeholder quarterback, but I really dove into just why they should trade up for C.J. Stroud. You can see my face on there. That was the Bleach Report Live. That I did. <laughs> yes, link <laughs> but, to your story. Uh, basically, I said, look, if, you're, if Dave Ziggler is going to take a swing for a quarterback, I'd rather him give up first-round picks for a young quarterback who may be around five, six years, hopefully a decade or more, versus giving up future draft capital and first-rounders for Aaron Rodgers, who may only be around for a year. To me, it just makes per- it makes logical sense. Yeah, You invest more, you, you can get more out of a C.J. Stroud, assuming he is a fit, and I think he is a fit for Josh McDaniel's system, than you can get out of an Aaron Rodgers. Sure, you may not win as many games in the short term in 2023, but you're looking at the big picture, and I think that's something that Dave Ziegler mentioned in his uh, interview of Busting with the Boys when he sat down with Taylor Lewan and Will Compton. He talked about, look, we want to build something where we can be a contender. He mentioned the Baltimore Ravens. He mentioned the Green Bay Packers. He mentioned perennial contenders. He didn't mention flash-in-the-pan teams <laughs> who one year popped up, had a good year, and then went back into the cell of the, set the, the following season. Right. That's not what what Dave Ziegler wants. And I think when you're talking about sustainability and building a, a, a roster that can sustain some success and not just have one 10, seven, 10 and seven season here, one 10 and seven season there, like the Raiders have had, you think about getting a rookie quarterback who you can build around and then you can flesh it out from there. And again, with the rookie contract at, at the quarterback position, it allows you to build the rest of the roster. Now I know people are going to say, well, Mo, you're giving up draft capital for CJ Stroud. That is true. But as I wrote in the piece, you would give up future draft capital in 2024 as well so that you're not hampering your draft class for this year. So right. basically for this for this year's draft, you're giving up the second round pick. You have the first pick to get C.J. Stroud, and then you also still have 10 draft picks to fill out the rest of your roster. You can bundle draft picks to move up if you want, move down. It's a matter of how you spend that draft capital. You still have a lot that you can use to bring in cheap talent. Yeah, and Mo, the other thing there, too, to your point is when people talk about uh, – it's really interesting with fans when they focus on draft capital, but then when you talk about drafting C.J. Stroud or a quarterback in the first round, they talk about how it's not a guaranteed thing. 
So it's a little bit of talking out of both sides of your mouth. Well, you, you can't not guarantee if you draft a quarterback, he's going to make it. And But we can't give up draft picks. They're too valuable. Which one is it, right? But number two is, to the point we talked about on yesterday's show, if you go after an Aaron Rodgers, the veteran, and you give up draft picks, and then he's done after two years, you're done. Whereas if you're drafting a young player who is going to be with you for at least five years, right, if they're a good player, then that's a big difference, especially when you're talking about franchise quarterback as well. So I think you have to look at it from the perspective of what are you giving up, what are you getting, and draft picks, look, Again, everybody says they're gambles, but yet they don't want to trade any of them. So I think the Raiders building for the future. And again, we remind people, look at the division. Look at what's happened in the division, and you cannot be left behind. So the Raiders have to think long term. They're not worried about beating the Chiefs next year. They're worried about beating the Chiefs the next five years. And that is how you do it. And I think you outlined in your piece the reasoning behind not only the player, but the approach. Right. And I think what people are afraid of, and it's come up a million times. I think someone tweeted at me today before we came on, you know, people are skeptical of Ohio state quarterbacks because of the litany of guys. Oh no, not that again. And that argument has just continuously come up. If I, I would probably be a millionaire if I (laughs) tell you how many times I've had to answer people saying, what about Ohio state quarterbacks not being successful? And I didn't tweet this, but show me the the school that's dishing out Pro Bowl quarterbacks every year. Mm-hmm. Show me the powerhouse school that's consistently sending quarterbacks to the NFL and they're turning into Pro Bowl All-Pro players. It doesn't exist. The quarterback position is a tough position to play. And I know the success rate at Ohio State isn't isn't, you know, great or isn't good at all. But as I've always said, you evaluate the player, not the school. Because if you if you say, well, we're not drafting quarterbacks from Ohio State, that that leaves you open to lose out on a on a on a prospect that can take you over the hump. As I said in a previous show, did the did the uh, did the 49ers say we're not going to draft Trey Lance because Carson Wentz fizzled out in Philly out of North Dakota <laughs> State? No, that didn't happen. You're not no. again. You're not saying well. This player didn't pan out, so the next player coming behind him two, three years after is not going to pan out. No, you have to look at the player, evaluate what he could do, and if he can fit in your system. And as I outlined in the piece, I think C.J. Stroud's ability to attack the short to intermediate zones, his ability to read the defense and coverages would help him immediately. He'll be able to start right away for Josh McDaniels. Yeah, and not only that, but again, he's not – a lot of people want to label him as a running quarterback. He is not a running quarterback, in fact. He is a mobile quarterback who can create with his feet, can run if he has to, but he is a guy, and that's why, and you pointed out in your piece, which is Josh McDaniels wants a guy who's going to sit there in the pocket, move if he has to, but is going to pick apart defenses, get to a Devontae Adams, get to a Darren Waller, get to a Hunter Renfro. That's the kind of guy they want, and he fits that mold. I've heard, you know, the knock that I've heard about C.J. Stroud is that he's not mobile enough. He's not going to be able to create outside the pocket. He can't throw on the move. And I get, and I've seen that there are issues with him being on the move where he's, he could be off target, but he's not a statue. And I think that's the misnomer about him. That's the misconception about him that he's, that he cannot move in the pocket. Mm -hmm. He's just going to take a hit. If, if pressure comes to him, watch, watch his Ohio state games against Northwestern and Georgia. You can see his ability to use his legs to evade pressure. Now, is he dynamic like a Lamar Jackson or a Jalen Hurts on the move? Absolutely not. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is for a Josh McDaniel system, what he needs is a quarterback that can at least evade pressure. And I think 
all right. teams would want that in their quarterback because if your offensive line has a couple of injuries, if it isn't gr- a good offensive line, your quarterback has to be able to evade pressure. And I think C.J. Stroud can do that with consistency. No doubt about it. All right, there you go. Make sure you go up and read Mo's piece, uh, this argument that he has in there. It's it's well-researched, as always, as Mo's work is always done. Check it out. It's also linked below in the description in both the podcast and on the YouTube channel, so make sure you do that. We're going to step aside real quick. When we come back, we're getting to the mail, baby. That's right. We're going to get into your questions for the final two segments of this Mailbag Thursday show. You're listening to Mo and Scott. This is Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast raider nation is never shy you ask we answer it's time for the raider nation mailbag what's on your mind fam drop us an email at mail at silver and black today.com that's mail at silver and black today.com now it's your time to speak up. All right, shout out to our man T-Storm, our voice guy at Odyssey. Who's got the best pipes? Oh, yeah. He definitely does. Man, he's got pipes. You got to like that. But that's our new mailbag intro. I'm feeling good. We got a Mo intro. We got a mailbag intro. We're upgrading here. Yes. You know? We got we to give the fans a good product. That's right. And we have a new main show open for the offseason. Yeah, I'm just keeping it fresh for. I mean, Mo, listen, we're we're not a bunch of hacks here. We're 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 you know we're, we're thinking of our listeners always. Keeping it fresh, no stale content over this way. That's right. We 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 uh, we shower regularly. Plus, we get new openings. 
There's some guys on podcasts, you can look at them on video and you can tell they don't shower all that much. All right. So, <laughs> so, so we're, uh, we're back here. This is Silver and Black today. Mo Moten, Scott Branson with you. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, thank you. If you're listening to us on 98.5 The Bet or 1140 The Bet in Las Vegas, both radio stations, we appreciate you being with us as always too. Okay, Mo, we're going to get to questions. We got plenty of questions. It is the off season, uh, but our readers and our listeners and our viewers always write. So we're going to get to them. All right. Here is the first question from an old friend, and that is J uh, Jared Stidham's hair. It used to be Derek Carr's hair on Twitter. It says, hey, guys, this is likely a smokescreen, but if Chicago moves on from Justin Fields, where would he fall compared to this year's QB class? Which we, we had this question before, but he added this uh, and updated it because of recent rumors where the Bears are looking at Justin Fields or looking at trade offers. You and I talked about this, Jared Sidham's hair there again. But but we wanted to bring this question back up because um, I was going back and forth on uh, with some guys who do a, a Bears podcast who uh, also do not want Justin Fields traded, but the chatter continues to uh, pick up, Mo. The other thing is I was uh, listening to our good friend Michael Lombardi on his podcast, The GM Shuffle, and he talked about Justin Fields and the downside to Justin Fields and that the Bears either have to be all in or all out on Justin Fields. You can't be in between thinking, well, we're not sure because they have the first pick in the draft. How often do you get the first pick in the draft? Not very often. So if you have that, you either you got in the next several weeks, you're going to have to decide, are you going all in on fields or are you all in and you're going to go get Bryce Young, CJ Stroud or Will Levis or whoever and um, but it's interesting because uh, Justin Fields, I happen to be a guy who thinks that he needed some time. He needs a better team. But but his ability overall, especially at the end of last season, started to get better. You started to see better decisions, better ball security, all sorts of things. So I think Justin Fields has a high ceiling. What are your thoughts on that? And if you're the Raiders um, and, and you are thinking about a quarterback, if the bears do something crazy like that, would Justin Fields be someone that you would go get? And obviously he'd cost something. Would you go get him? Mo? would he be a guy you think you could build the Raiders franchise around? This is a good question because I actually, one of our other listeners, I think it was tier 22 Raiders, his Twitter name. He brought yes. this up. And I would put just just to answer Jared Siddham's here's question, I would put Justin Fields as QB2 behind CJ Stroud. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are going to raise their eyebrows like, what about Bryce Young? I'm a little nervous about Bryce Young's size, simply because one of our Bleacher Report scouts pointed out a pretty interesting stat. He said a quarterback hasn't been a quarterback under 200 pounds hasn't been drafted uh, since Pat White, I believe it is. Who? 2007 <laughs> and and the most successful quarterback under 200 pounds that there's there's been in the NFL in recent years is Seneca Wallace who's been right. a, who was a backup so if you're looking at the odds the odds are really stacked against Bryce Young and if you look at Kyler Murray now people say what about Kyler Murray now Kyler Murray is short but he was over 200 pounds I believe he's listed at 207 yeah but look at what Kyler Murray has been through at the end of seasons he's he's been worn down last two to three years he's been hurt or banged up and not and not effective so there is something to the size thing he, Bryce Young has to be able to see over an, a tall offensive line 
six foot six, six foot seven guys. He's going to have to do a lot of movement outside of the pocket to be successful. So I, I would prefer, I'm not a prototypical measurements guy. If a guy, if a player is good at his position, he's good at his position. Right. Right. But I would prefer a Justin Fields who fits the prototypical size. And I, and I think he's more of a thrower than people realize. I think in Chicago, he's had to run out of necessity. His, he's only had one for the most part. He's only had one decent receiver in Chicago, and that's Darnell Mooney. He got hurt at the end of last year. I know they traded for Chase Claypool, but he didn't amount to much coming over from Pittsburgh. So, out of necessity, with a bad offensive line and limited weapons, he's had to run. So, he's got to yeah. use what he has. And I think if you put a, a, a strong offensive line around him and a couple of weapons, as the Raiders have in Adams, Waller, and Renfro, he could be a successful passer in the pocket. So I would have Justin Fields. I, one, I think it's for jo- Josh McDaniels because I don't think he's a running quarterback. I think that's very, again, very lazy analysis to say, oh, he's a running quarterback, doesn't fit. Give him some weapons, give him an offensive line. I think he can flourish. Yeah, and he's shown that he can throw the ball at times. It hasn't been consistent because for many of the reasons you mentioned. My only concern with Justin Fields is ball protection, not only the interceptions, uh, but he had fumbles. fifteen. He had fifteen fumbles. I think he only lost two of them. Okay, but but still, he's. But again, he's been forced to run. So how much of that is because he's on the run and his ball security versus in the pocket? Ball security in the pocket very different than when you're running uh, outside of the, the uh, ahead of the line of scrimmage and being hit uh, as some quarterbacks are. And so Justin Fields, it's an interesting thing. I I I still think the Bears are just trying to elevate their the price of their draft pick, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see. And I, I like Justin Fields. And and if the Raiders feel that they can get him and they're not going to be able to get one of their other guys and the price is right, why not? But uh, we'll see, certainly. And uh, Jared Siddham's here. Thank you again for resending in the question uh, with that new updated information. So good stuff. Really quick. True story. Yeah. I actually thought that Justin Fields should have went to the Jets at number two instead of Zach Wilson. I was actually when I put out my mouth drafts, I said, the Jets should draft Justin Fields, and they fumbled that, and he went with Zach Wilson. You see what happened. Yeah, there you go. They should have listened to you, Mo. Should have been GM, the mean green GM. All right. Should have been. Here we go. Uh, next question again. Thank you, Jared Siddham's here for that one. All right, we move on now. Uh, hey, guys, great show. My favorite listen when it comes to the Raiders. Thank you. We appreciate that. That appreciate is. You. Uh, well, I'll give you his name in a second, but we appreciate the, the compliment. A question. With all the questions surrounding the Raiders staff, how is Dave Ziegler viewed around the league? Is he respected and thought of highly as a personnel guy? Please give me some hope. Keep up the great work. That is from Raul Peru. Raul Peru, new writer into the show. We appreciate that, man. And again, thank you for watching and listening, however you consume the show. Dave Ziegler around the league. Uh, we we only know from what we heard him coming in, Mo, uh, and, and his record, limited record, in New England as a, as a player personnel executive. Uh, but when you look at him and a Raider fans aren't happy with what happened last year. So a lot of them have a negative view, but that's not the view of Dave Ziegler around the league. I think Dave Ziegler has some respect simply because of where he comes from in New England. Now, Dave Ziegler as a GM, it's still, the jury's still out on him because he's only been now. He, he made a lot of moves in in his last year in New England. So when the Patriots made all those big moves in free agency, brought in a bunch of guys, Hunter Henry, John o. Smith, he was behind that. So I will say that he's known, if you want to look at his reputation, I would say he's known as a, as a big spender who was willing to make deals. Now, again, Raiders fans don't want to give him credit for the Devontae Adams trade, but he also brought in Rocky Asin, who I've said repeatedly, 
pretty good when he was healthy, bringing him over from the Colts. So, I, again, I think his record as a GM is still – the jury's still out on that. But if you're looking at who he is as a front office executive, a guy that's not afraid to do a deal and a guy that's not afraid to spend money, as we saw with, with the Raiders in-house, Hunter Renfro getting a new deal, Max Crosby getting a new deal, Darren Waller getting a new deal. If you play well under a Dave Ziegler team, he's going to reward you. And this is why I think Josh Jacobs could get paid if the Raiders don't spend a lot at their quarterback position. So again, I, I think with with Dave Ziegler, we have to find out how how this pans out. This offseason is going to tell a lot about his record as a GM. But as of right now, I don't think it's it's necessarily a bad or a good reputation. It's kind of like a we'll prove see. it. Yeah, you got to prove it, right? I mean, and that's where too I think people forget that as a GM too, you, it's not like a head coach uh, in some situations where you might get a job, you might get your first head coaching job, maybe even your second. And it doesn't work out. You're there three years, whatever, you get fired, and then you get recycled. We see it happen all the time. GMs, especially first-time GMs like Dave Ziegler is, if he gets a job with the Raiders and the Raiders don't do well and he gets fired, you don't just go get another GM job. It's it's a whole different – it's like being the CEO of a company, right? And so they don't happen like coaching. You don't get recycled. Now, you go down a few rungs and you might be a player personnel guy somewhere else, but then it might take you five, six, eight years – to become a GM again. And even then it's very difficult. You just don't see a lot of fired GMs that haven't been successful. Now, if you're a GM who won three Super Bowls somewhere and then you get fired because things go south, different story. Dave Ziegler doesn't have that pedigree. Yes, he came out of New England, but that was not all him. So I think people forget that and that Dave Ziegler has to build for a long-term winner. His, I understand his buddy Josh McDaniels needs to win now, sort of. At least that's what we think. But you have to consider that fact, too. So you're right. The jury's out on him. A lot of people, I think the, the Bussin' with the Boys podcast uh, with Will and Taylor were, was very good because you got to, to see who he was. He didn't talk a lot about the Raiders. He's not going to listen. They came out of New England. They're not going to give away a lot. That's why he doesn't do many interviews. He does interviews with guys he know or knows are safe. That's nothing against the Bussin' with the Boys guy. We all love that show. But uh, it, it's one of those things where you're just not going to hear a lot from him. And so I think that lends into the credibility for some Raider fans who are not happy because they just don't know him. They don't have a feel for him outside of what moves he made last year. But this year, Mo, going to be big with all those draft picks, with all the free agent opportunities, with a defense that needs to be completely rebuilt. Uh, he's going to have an opportunity to put sort of his fingerprint on that team. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why I want to see – how he handles his first round pick. He trades it, moves up for a CJ Shaw, as I suggested in my Bleach Report column, or he just follows his boarding and, and fills needs or just gets the best player available on his board on the defensive side of the ball. So again, yeah. I, I said this to someone else. This is this is a set the tone all season for Dave Ziegler in this regime. Because yeah. it's really gonna set the tone for what's going for, whether the Raiders find their answer at quarterback or not. Well, and to Raider Nation, I'm going to tell you, you can't evaluate a GM on one year. You can't do it. You can't do it. The coach, you can because you see him call plays and all that stuff. Now, did all the did the Chandler Jones thing work out? Not really. Did some of the other signings? Not really. Okay, so you can start to judge a little bit on that. But I think fans have to be, they have to watch what he does. He has the full complement of salary cap, of draft picks. And he's got the the opportunity to, as you mentioned just a second ago, to really do something and to show people what this team is going to be, what its identity will be from a player personnel st standpoint. So we'll have to see. 
really quick, I'm not saying they're the same in the same position. No, I didn't research this before I got on camera, but I just want to bring up Reggie McKenzie really quick. When Reggie mm -hmm. McKenzie took over. Al Davis passes away. Reggie McKenzie, you know, their you know active GM. He didn't have a full draft class when he came in either. I believe he traded his early picks, and uh, well, the team traded its early picks, and he had to start in the, like the second or third round with his first draft class. And then down the line, you saw his 2014 draft class hit it out the park with Khalil Mack and Derek Carr, Gabe Jackson, Jelly Ellis was a pretty good mm -hmm. nose tackle for the Raiders for, for some years. Yep. So again, give a, give a GM more than one draft class, especially if it wasn't a full draft class where he didn't have his first or, or second round pick. You just have to give it time. As you said, I know we can judge some of the misses. Chandler Jones not living up to his contract, you know, <laughs> but I, I get that. But you got to give a guy, you got to give a GM, a front office executive, at least two years to kind of get a pattern of what he's doing with the roster. Right, and he's got the number seven pick overall in the draft. Full compliment. So there's going to be a lot of opportunity to see how well he does or doesn't do. So, uh, Raul, thank you again uh, for the question. We certainly appreciate it. Excuse me, appreciate it. Okay, we're going to take our final break here on this Thursday Raider Nation mailbag edition. Thank you for the questions. They keep coming. We're going to get to three more right after this break. You're listening to Mo and Scott. This is Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Also listening to us over the air on 1140 The Bet and 98.5 Fan The Bet, excuse me, in Las Vegas. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at 
at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. It's time to bring it home. That's right. The home stretch here on Silver and Black today, the Thursday mailbag edition of the show. Thanks for being with us. My partner is Mo Moten. He is a national NFL writer at Bleacher Report. You can catch his Raiders content as well up on sportsnot.com, and you can follow him on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. By the way, in his C.J. Stroud story, you can see linked below on the podcast or on the YouTube video. Uh, check out the the uh, Bleacher Report live show as well that Mo did. It was excellent and I recommend it and it's linked right there in his story. So go ahead and do that. Um, and, and we're trying to keep him in control, the ego, you know, we're, we're trying, but no, Mo's a humble guy. We never have to worry about that. Uh, and follow me on Twitter as well. LV Gully also SNB today where you can follow the show and we appreciate all the interaction there. All right, let's jump right back into these questions. Uh, here's one that says, Hey Scott, I have a couple questions for you. What type of franchise tag do you think Josh Jacobs will receive? And number two, under the non-exclusive franchise tag, which team do you see going after Josh Jacobs, if any, and why? That, of course, is from our good friend on Twitter, and that is at Rico underscore Bravo. Rico Bravo. Rico Bravo. All right. I love it. Now. Mo, we talked about this on yesterday's show a little bit. Uh, he would get the non-exclusive franchise tag, do you believe? Yeah, he would definitely get the non-exclusive franchise tag because if you get if you get the no, I think but he get the he gets the exclusive, the exclusive excuse fran- me. franchise yes. tag. Because right. if he gets the non-exclusive franchise tag, he's allowed to negotiate with other teams. Other teams. And then a team can offer him a contract, and if the Rays don't match that contract, then that, gone. then the Rays would get two first round picks. Right. Now that's not gonna happen because no one's gonna give you two first round picks for a running back. No matter how good the running back right. is, you're not getting two first-round picks for running back. Right. They, running backs simply don't have that value. But this is also a good question because I actually put out a piece. Uh, I'm actually going to have a piece go out on Friday about running backs not getting what they may expect to get on the open market. But to answer the emailer's question, a team that I think would be interested in Josh Jacobs, two teams actually, if he hits the free agent market, the Buffalo Bills – because mm-hmm. Devin Singletary is on an expiring deal. He's not, he's not an explosive running back, doesn't give you the big runs. And they've been trying to replace him. They drafted James Cook last offseason in the second round, so they're ready to move on from Devin Singletary. They need the lead back to take some pressure off of Josh Allen so he's not running the ball a lot as a quarterback and taking a bunch of hits. The other team that would be interested in Josh Jacobs, if he would hit the open market, the Los Angeles Chargers. The Los mm-hmm. Angeles Chargers, if you watch that playoff game with the Jacksonville Jaguars, had they had a consistent ball carrier who can milk the clock on the ground, they would have probably beaten the Jacksonville Jaguars. But they've they've been running, they've been throwing the ball with Justin Herbert, putting a lot on his arm. They've been trying to find that bruising running back. They they drafted Isaiah Spiller, I believe, out of Texas AM, and he hasn't panned out into much. Now, Austin Eck was pretty good, but he's not an in-between the tackles runner. He's more of a pass catcher at the backfield. Now he can he close on the goal line because he's pretty you know lower body got those calf muscles like a nick chubb like saquon barkley <laughs> but he's not a guy that you're going to hand off to 20 to 25 times josh jacobs is that type of ball carrier and i think again if he were to hit the open market the charges would be on that chargers and and i'm gonna i'm gonna say this you might think i'm crazy because of the cost but the chiefs just saying just saying can you imagine the chiefs offense with josh jacobs Oof. 
that would add a whole different dimension. Nothing against, obviously, Pacheco, the seventh rounder, but he's no Josh Jacobs. So, And Josh Jacobs has shown, especially this past year, too, out of the passing game, how well he can do there, too. He's improved his game significantly there as well. So, all right. Thank you, Rico Bravo. That's at Rico underscore Bravo on Twitter for your question. All right, moving on. Now we go all the way to Champaign, Illinois. This is our first, I think, question. We used to get some questions out of Chicago, but this is our first one out of the home of the University of Illinois. It says, hey, guys, did you see the reports out of New York where the Jets told Derek Carr he could be a first ballot Hall of Famer? They can't possibly believe that. Can (laughs) they? I like Derek Carr and think he's a good man, but you don't go into year 10 with a losing record and make the Hall of Fame. Thanks and appreciate your show again. That's Dan in Champaign, Illinois. I made a point about this yesterday on Twitter. Mo, I'll let you take it first, uh, but I think this is a good example of something we talked about yesterday. For, as of today, there are two people or two entities that think Derek Carr could be a Hall of Famer, and that's Jets, Jets Team Brass and Colin Cowherd. Because those are the only, <laughs> those are the only sources I've heard to say. Well, no, Derek and the Carr family, the Carr family, the Carr David Carr, yeah, 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 yeah. Outside of his family, those are the only two sources I'm I'm hearing that Derek Carr could be a Hall of Famer. Now, let's let's be honest here. Whether you're a Derek Carr supporter or hater, mm-hmm. Derek Carr has got to win multiple Super Bowls to even be in the conversation. Now I get it. He's thrown for a whole bunch of yards. He has Raiders franchise records. I get that, Mm -hmm. but you got to win part of, part of being in the hall of fame is you, you have to either do something that you, that tells an NFL story. And I know I get Eli Manning. It wasn't the best winner in the regular season, but he beat an undefeated Patriots team that goes down in history. And he beat them twice. He has two Super Bowl rings. So, Again, Derek Carr, first of all, he has to start winning more games. I know he didn't do a lot of that with the Raiders, and that's not all his fault. But wherever he goes, if he wants to be on a, on a Hall of Fame trajectory, the wins have to start pouring in, and he has to have, at, to me, in my opinion, at least two rings or one ring and do something that's absolutely going down in history books, beating an undefeated team or hat thrown for 6,000 yards. It has to be something special that he does. Right. And you said a, a good, a great NFL story. And, and I saw some people inexplicably saying, well, if Marino, he never won <laughs> comparing Derek Carr to Marino. Again, Derek Carr is a good quarterback. I'm not saying he's not a good quarterback. He's not Dan Marino. Another one, Dan Fouts. He's not Dan Fouts. Those guys are both Hall of Famers. Yes, they both did not win Super Bowls. They both went deep in the playoffs several times, and they rewrote the record books uh, at the time as well. So different story. Again, that does not mean that Derek Carr can't excel and put together the back half, the back nine of his career if he goes to New York or wherever he goes and have a good time. But, man, this is exactly what I called it out yesterday to be, Mo. This is an agent-placed story. This is Derek Carr's PR machine creating buzz to make him look as good as possible. I got no hate for that. I get it. It's laughable, the Hall of Fame thing, but people are reporting and talking about it. ESPN talk about it. I don't blame the reporter for talking about it. They got it from somebody. Agents place a lot of these stories, and this one, I guarantee you, was an agent place story. Can I say something about the whole Dan Marino thing? Dan Marino <laughs> led the league three yeah. times in touchdown passes. He led the league four three. times in passing yards. He three-time All-Pro. Derek Carr doesn't even have an All-Pro season on his resume. Right. 
And and Dan Marino was thrown for 5,000 yards before the rules got relaxed for the offenses. This is Correct. before it became a lot easier to throw for 5,000 yards. Dan Marino threw for 5,000, I believe, 1984, before I was even born. <laughs> Derek Carr hasn't thrown for 30-plus touchdowns. I was in high in school, by the way. And how long? I was in high school. I mean, school. come on. Like, you just you can't you can't throw out the Dan Marino comparison and be taken seriously. I, no, I don't know who threw and, that out there. Whoever did that, please yeah. look at the numbers. I, I already okay. muted them because I just there's some things I people sometimes make mistakes and I'm cool with that. There's people I've blocked that I've unblocked because they were they were jerks and then they kind of you know relented and they're good. So I don't because I usually don't block people. I just mute them because if you're if you're gonna say something so out of whack. I'm just not going to listen. I'm not going to hate you for it, or I'm not going to block you. I'm just not going to listen. And so, uh, yeah, that person, Dan Marino comparison, no, not going to work for me. <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> but, but Dan, that's the answer to the question. That was the agent or his brother placing that story. Hey, you know, when he was in New York, uh, you know what they told him? They told him he could be a first-team Hall of Famer if he comes here and wins. Well, yeah, of course. They're going to tell you that. They're fluffing everything out. I mean, they're... They're trying to get you to sign with them or at least to feel good about it if they decide to offer you a contract. So it happens all the time. A lot of the stories you see from insiders or that come from unnamed sources are from the agents. If you talk to an agent off the record, they'll tell you this all the time. They love the media, uh, especially when it comes to a scoop. So there you go. Dan, hope that answered your question. All right. Go ahead. You got another one. Any Listen, you, you're ready to go. You're ready to roll. Go. That, that just kind of – I just – <laughs> the damn Marino thing just uh, – I'm not going to go off you on it. You can't get over it now. I can't get over that because, oh, like, man. people like comparing apples to oranges on social media. And like I, and like you said, I get Dan Marino doesn't have any Super Bowl rings when he's in the Hall of Fame. But look at the numbers he was putting up. Sure. As, as, as I said, when's the last time Derek Carr has thrown for, for more than 30 touchdowns in a single season? I believe he's only done it once in his career so far. Yeah. Dan Marino was thrown for what forty-eight touchdowns in a season thirty years ago, 30, 40 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. Come I mean, on, it's man. it it's it's one of those deals where you look at that and you think, guys, come on. I mean, like the play. I got no problem. There's huge Derek Carr fans, and good. I got no yeah. problem with that. But don't start comparing people who don't have any business com being compared to one another. Uh, and I and I like Carr. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's the funny. No. People call me a car lover. You're 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 a car supporter. You support. You're so pro car. And it's not bad. It's just sometimes I see certain comments that are in in favor of car that are ridiculous, and then I see some comments that are against car that are ridiculous, and I rail against both sides. Yeah, yeah. Because we've watched car for nine years. We know what he is. Come on. Yeah, and I know I know I know those those the the, the folks out there who who still want to uh, assert that I'm a Chargers fan. I'll use this against me, but even Dan Fouts, you're talking about Dan Fouts. At the time he retired, was one of only three players to ever hit forty thousand yards passing. Okay, at that time, you're talking about the eight the seventies into the eighties. So you you look at those numbers. You have to put them in the scope of their era. Marino is a whole different story. He's on the path on the pantheon of great quarterbacks, uh, above so many up there with Brady and those guys. Even though he never won a championship. So yeah. So the comparisons just make appropriate comparisons, would you? All right. There you go. You done, Mo? You good? Got got me fired up with the Dan Marino comment. You good? <laughs> All right. We move on. Our last question of our mailbag show for the week comes from a guy who calls himself Badass Raider. 
I don't know if that's a Twitter handle. I, I tried to look it up. I didn't see it anywhere. He just considers himself a badass Raider. So there you go. It says, Scott, how can you say the Raiders have no chance at the Super Bowl? Yeah, this was yesterday. Uh-oh. You probably saw the promo video. It was it was re- <laughs> it was retweeted by our Odyssey network. Um, it said, should fans go into the season thinking they have no chance? I'm a Raider Nation for life and always think we have a chance. Look at the Eagles from last year. Again, badass Raiders. So a couple things. And Mo backed me up on this yesterday. I know he will today unless he wants to throw me under the bus. But otherwise, two things. No, you don't have a chance at the Super Bowl. Sorry. You just don't. Don't. Okay? Do you have a chance at the playoffs? Yes. Do you have a chance to be a better team? Yes. Now, do I think you should go into the season thinking you have no chance? No. My job is not to be a fan. You're the fan. So you fan, and I'm going to tell you as a fan, you shouldn't expect, and they're not going to make the Super Bowl. So you can say you're wrong, and I'd say, okay, cool, I'm wrong. Let's bet on it. I had a guy on Twitter yesterday who wanted to bet me. I said, okay, let's bet money. And he said, well, let's see what they do in the offseason. I'm like, oh, okay. We'll, we'll see what happens there. But anyway, the other point was, and this is the second person who said this to me in the last two days, look at the Eagles. The Eagles were 9-8 and eight last year. They had a defense. They were beset by injuries, by the way, last year. And then they go out and win four. Yeah, and they went to the playoffs. And this year they go, they win 14. You cannot compare a nine and eight team to a six and 11 team that had no defense. And so, again, I'm not saying the Raiders won't make progress. I'm not even saying the Raiders won't make the playoffs. I'm going to wait too to see what they do at quarterback on defense because they could go from six and 11 to 10 and seven. Easily. I could see that happen easily. Or maybe even 11 wins, depending on what they do. But they're not going to beat out the top four teams in the AFC. Just not going to do it. Here's what I'll say. Yes, the Eagles' comparison is off because the Eagles went 9-8 wins before they made the Super Bowl run this past season. So can't really compare. And the Eagles had the same quarterback from the previous season. The Raiders are right. changing quarterbacks. There's more... There's more moving parts with the Raiders than the Eagles had. The Eagles had some continuity. Now they brought in a bunch of players... But again, they had a stable quarterback. They had a state. They had a stable offensive system, so to speak, going from 2021 to 2022. But here's what I'll say about the whole Super Bowl thing. As a fan, right, and I'm remembering my years as a Raider fan. Regardless of what the roster looks like, you're hoping for the best. So sure. every year, you should go into the season thinking you have a chance to win the Super Bowl. As a fan, right. But as you said, we're we're talking into these mics. We're not talking as fans. We're talking as what could happen. What is a realistic possible? What's the most realistic possibility? So if you ask any fan, okay, you should root for anything can happen, which is true. Anything can happen. <laughs> you expect to win every year going into the year. But if you had to bet your mortgage, if you had to bet your paycheck, if you had to bet a year's salary, would you bet on the Raiders winning a Super Bowl? <laughs> And if the answer is no, that's all we're telling you is that the, the realistic chances of the, the realistic chances of the Raiders getting to the Super Bowl are very, very slight. Point, you know, one percent or wherever you want to say it is. That's all we're saying. We're, we're not. I'm not. At least I'm. I can't speak for Scott. I'm not saying anything is impossible. But what I'm saying is the chances of the Raiders making the Super Bowl very, 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 very minuscule. I mean, anything's possible, Mo. Listen, I could win the lottery tomorrow. Rihanna could come out and say that it's your baby. I mean, anything can happen. Doesn't mean it's going to happen or right. that that it should happen. We, we, we're, again, we're, 
think of it as we're the IRS, we're the auditors. Uh -oh. We're just telling you, like, look, all right, this is the realistic possibility of your earnings for the year. I know what you gave us. I know what you submitted to us, you know, for your yearly earnings. But this is what we came up with when we did some research and some digging. Yeah. And this is what I think you are as as an earner this this past year. And that's all right. we're doing is, is, again, giving you the most realistic point of view. If you if you know, if as a fan, as a fan. Expect a Super Bowl, but we're just <laughs> telling you. Don't be disappointed if it's not a Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm telling you it's not going to happen. You can tell them that. Don't be disappointed. But but I will tell you, we all need that friend, that person who will always be honest with us or that significant other. Like in my case, my wife, we've been married 26 years, okay? This was a couple weekends ago. I was really tired, had a long week. Woke up on Saturday. I'm sitting on the couch, and she comes down, and she looks at me with this real loving, endearing look, and she says, you look like hell, <laughs> right? And that's what we need. We all need people to be on it. We need the people who care most about us. They're not trying to be mean. They're just, just giving you the dose of the truth. And that's what Mo and I look. We're not going to sit up here and, and do all kinds of flashy headlines to get you to click to watch the video and tell you a bunch of things that we know are never going to happen, right? Which you can see from other content creators. We don't do that. We respect you too much. We do. We respect our listeners. That's the difference between our show, I think, and a lot of shows. And, and that sometimes means you're going to be mad at us. And that's okay, too, uh, because we understand that you're not always going to agree, and we're cool with that. In fact, we don't want you to agree with us all the time because we sometimes get readers, especially on this show, Mo. We get the mail sometimes. People really give us good points of view that we hadn't thought of. All right. I, not to drag out this mailbag. Show. Are you going to talk I, about I'll, Dan Marino again? <laughs> no, I'm not going to go back to Dan Marino, but I, I will say this for anyone listening to me out there. Would you take us seriously? If I, if Scott and I got up here and said, the Raiders are going 17 and no, they're not losing any games <laughs> and they're going to win the Super Bowl. If we just got up here and said that every show, the Raiders are the best team in the league, even though they went six and 11, they are the best team in the league. They're going to go undefeated this year. They're going to have two wide receivers that go over 1500 yards. They're going to get a Hall of Fame quarterback no matter who they sign, and all the signings that they make at Fridge are going to be great. Would you take us seriously <laughs> if we got up here every show and said that every year, regardless yeah. of what the Raiders did the previous year? Right. Probably not. If we said that, we'd be probably running for office and probably win uh, because that seems to be the style of the day is to just tell people a bunch of lies that you can't fulfill. But nonetheless, that's that's me. That's the skeptical look I have on certain things in, in the world at this time. But yeah, I mean, listen, uh, Badass Raider, I, I, I get what you're saying. I'm not telling you not to be excited, especially, hey, I'll get excited even covering the team if they make some really great moves and exciting moves, including the one Mo wrote about in his piece that you have to go read on Bleacher Report right now about C.J. Stroud. So to me, that's that's the difference there. But we certainly appreciate your question, and we'll see what happens uh, and, and what's going on. By the way, Mo, uh, as we close out the show here, I know it's not necessarily Raiders related, but have you watched, have you watched the XFL? I didn't watch the XFL, but I saw a lot of positive comments about it over the past weekend. I, I did not, I, I'm not going to lie to you, I didn't take one look at the XFL. It's interesting because f covering the NFL and doing what we do, um, you know, I love football. I love, I hate when the football season's over and you don't get to see the action on the field. 
So, but at the same time, I kind of liked the break from it, right? So I did turn on a couple of the games and just watch them. And they definitely, the some of the rule, it's just like it was last year with the USFL, which is coming back in the spring as well. Um, the, the rules, the kickoff, some of the things that they do, the, the transparency. And this is where, and I know the NFL will never do it. Again, I'm skeptical. But the transparency with the XFL, just like the USFL did with the Sky Judge, is this idea you get to go into the room where they're evaluating a replay and you hear them debate and talk about why they make the decision they make. To me, that is awesome for the game. I hope, and again, not, not hopeful, that the NFL would do something like that because it would, it would, it would, fans would feel so much more, I think, included and better about the state of officiating in the NFL, if you could understand why they made the decision, instead of having one of these older guys who's retired, you know, Dean Blandino, these guys who, who are on the NFL side of it when they're doing NFL, and they just tell you what they think versus hearing from the guy who made the decision. Uh, but to me, that really stuck out. I really enjoyed it. And getting that inside look at how they decide on replays was pretty cool. You know, the NFL is not going to own up to accountability. They don't want that accountability because no. if fans can, can hear and see what the del del deliberation is before the call is made. Yeah. And they can kind of pick apart the conversation and one guy can be singled out or one woman can be singled out as, oh, this person doesn't know the rules. This person doesn't know what they're talking about. I don't think they want that scrutiny on their product. While, right. while the XFL is just trying to make ways. So they're going to do things differently. Yeah to get those fans who are frustrated with the NFL to kind of watch the XFL and say, Hey, maybe the XFL isn't so bad. So kudos to the XFL for including that transparency. Yes. Uh, our, our good friend, uh, was on the show earlier uh, this season, Marquette King back playing with the Houston Renegades. So mm -hmm. it's good to see him back to football. I'm going to, I'm going to reach out to him, see if we can get him back on the show, see how he's liking that as well. Uh, but good to see there's some, there's some X Raiders that are, are playing in the XFL. And I know there's some, probably some, as well in the USFL. All right, my friend, we are done for this mailbag show, which means we will be back with you next week. Make sure you follow Mo on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. Check out his stuff on Bleach Report and on sportsnot.com. Mo, what else uh, you got? Uh, any parting words for Raider Nation as they wait? They just wait for things to happen. Well, I have that piece coming out on Friday on running backs, and I'll explain why I don't think Josh Jacobs is going to make $16 million a year. I think I, th I think I said this on a previous show that he's going to fall between 14 and 15 million if if he doesn't play out the season on the franchise tag. The other thing is I want to say in regards to this show, if you're hearing me out there, I, I'm going to go on record and say I'm not ruling the Raiders out as a potential playoff team. No, all I'm saying team. is all I'm saying is Super Bowl is a reach. You got to walk before you can run. The Raiders <laughs> have to get it. Let, let's let's see the Raiders get another winning record before we start uh, making. Yeah. Super Bowl premonitions about this football team. But as I wrote in an article uh, a few weeks ago, there were four teams that went from last place in their division to a playoff sure. spot. And I think the Raiders, even though they didn't finish last in the division, they could be a team that can move up. But it's going to take a good draft and a good crop of free is coming in for that to happen. And that's all on Dave Ziegler and his guys. Yeah, and I can see them not only make going from, from next to last, almost last in the division, to a playoff team and even winning a playoff game with CJ Stroud under center. Oh. Josh Jacobs that, back there on his on his franchise tag deal and a lot of good defensive picks and some key free agent acquisitions. I could see it, man. I could really see it. Let's call CJ Stroud the offensive uh rookie of the year. 
Scott, I'm going to tell you now, fans, if you're listening to me out there, if the Raiders trade for Mac Jones or they trade up oh. for CJ Stroud, I am going to be insufferable on this show. You, you are be. going to hear from me. If either of those guys are the starting quarterback for the yes. Las Vegas Raiders in 2023, you are going to hear it from me for at least 55 <laughs> consecutive shows about I told oh. you so. We'll be we'll be the CJ Stroud hour. We will go nuts on it because we we both have been on that train and think it would be a good deal. Now, the hard part's gonna be actually going to get him because a lot of people are gonna want him. It's not gonna be just the Raiders. So we'll do it. All right, my man. Well, listen, we will talk to you next week. Sounds good. All right. We guys uh, want to thank you guys for being with us. Remember, if you don't already subscribe to the podcast, do so. Even if you watch us on YouTube, which a lot of you do. Make sure you go get the audio version, too. That way, if you're on the way to work, you're riding the bus, you're on the train, you're in the car, get lots of pictures of people playing us on their car systems, which is really cool. Make sure you subscribe, put on the auto downloads. If you're on YouTube, hit the subscription button, but also, very key, hit the notifications bell so you know when a new video is ready to go and viewing so you can jump into the chat with me and the rest of the crazies in there talking Raiders football. For our producer, David Stepanian, for my co-host Mo Moten, I am Scott Branson. This has been another edition of Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Take care, everybody.